0: welcome to episode 12 of the rex chapman show with super cool super sexy super hot super awesome super everything josh hopkins hey thanks rex ever chapman you're welcome buddy um i'm really excited about this episode today do you know who we have
1: <laughs> i sure do and i'm effervescent. i'm glowing i can't contain myself
0: we have Aaron Jamal Crawford, Jay Crossover. Uh, and I personally know he happens to be one of your faves.
1: All time. I mean, just what that guy can do with a basketball, it's high art. I love Jamal Crawford. I, I'm so excited.
0: You're going to love him even more. I mean, he's a, people say it all the time. It's corny. I get it. But he's even a better dude than basketball player. Uh, you'll see. Um, before we get into it, let's do book club.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, people know a segment we do where we talk about we've been well, we've been reading over over the week. Um, what what do you got for us today? Regan? It was a
0: it was a busy week. Um, Masters was going on, or not the Masters, the PGA was going on. Um, Phil you know, a lot of a lot of playoffs. I I didn't okay. get around to anything this week. This week.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I didn't either. So that's been book club. Yeah. Uh-huh. How about Phil? Phil, Lefty. how about
0: Phil? Fifty years one. old. I love it. I yeah, love it. We're gonna too. have to. We're going to have to set our targets on Phil, maybe get Phil on the old pod.
1: (laughs) That would be something else. But it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be as excited as I am today.
0: You know what? I I wanted to talk to you about the playoffs because they're so great. But you know what? Let's just talk about the playoffs with Jamal Crawford. Jamal, thanks for coming on, buddy.
2: Legend, of course. And Josh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so, Uh, so much. That means a lot
1: thanks for all the entertainment over the years man thank no. you I, I i'm just jumping with this okay just to get it over with i mean players come into the league and everybody's got their thing that gets them their special things some people can really shoot some people gotta handle some people are strong and rebound your thing you're just filthy just filthy <laughs> filthy dirty at any point you could just put someone live in infamy on the internet at any time. Everyone knew where you had to be on the court because these things you could do with the ball, just dirty. How did that come about? Were you always just kind of have a rhythm to it or, or did you, you have to work on your handles all the time? Like, well, how'd that come about?
2: That's a good question. And thank you so much for that. Cause there's a lot of players and me having a lot of favorite players. There's so many guys like that kind of helped shape my imagination, right? Like, just you steal from everybody. So I was a kid, I was two years old. I had a basketball with me. Like no matter where I went, I had pictures of me at two years old with a basketball. Like I went to bed the basketball was next to me. So I just, just, I would dribble in the mirror sometimes and I would dribble down the street and I would try to shake myself in the mirror. Right. And imagine (laughs) it was a a Rex Chapman or imagine it was KJ or imagine it was Gary Payne or all these great players. And like, I never thought that one day I would get a chance to use those moves against the best players ever, right? And the best players in the world. So for me, it was just imagination. It was watching guys. and still I used to watch inside stuff faithfully every single Saturday for jam session or rewind, or, right? So, like, I'm looking at all these things. And I'm like, man, look at that Iverson crossover. How can I do that and put a twist on it? How can I steal Isaiah Thomas sitting in a chair? How can I steal MJ's shot creativity or Magic's no look past it? So I just – I stole from everybody, and I think with that, I'm a product of that. Like, I remember Rex, when he threw it over his shoulder, it was dunking. Like, I was doing that in the dunkables, like seven feet, right? Seven (laughs) feet hoops, eight feet hoops. I promise you, true story. And he made it look so cool. So, just like, my imagination just ran wild with the stuff I was able to see, and I just kind of went from there.
1: Wow, the way you talk about it, and it really is, it's art. And you were creating on top of other artists, and and I love I love the way you put it that way because I, that is one thing I think about when I see you play. It's it was very much an artistic expression. So thank you,
2: thank you so much. And then I, I, I look at it like that. Like when people even see like me scoring or when I, you know when I was scoring and doing, they would say, "Oh, he's getting buckets." I would look at it more like art. I was like, "No, this is
1: art." Like I, I my mind kind of works that way, right? And so to see it that way was
0: was pretty cool. for you to see it that way, thank you. Thank you. you. You remind, I mean, Josh, Josh thinks you're, you know, one of two, really. He, he, he compares you uh, athletically and everything to Russell Westbrook. And and yeah, and and I get it. Just cat quick, electric, sort of like that. You had to have taken, you had to have watched a lot of Allen Iverson, though. I mean, oh to God. me, to me, when I, you know, people don't understand playing against Allen, yeah, he was six one, but he was six eight, you know, this is. And, and, you know, he'd get to his spot and jump up and shoot it just like you do, just like, you know, people who could get off the floor did. You had, but your game, the handles, because I remember when he came in for the rest of us, it was a different thing. It, it was a completely different thing. That crossover and it, from there on, we started seeing more of it. And then you come in, you know, and I thought you you resembled him a lot just with your quickness and your shiftiness.
2: Well, Rex, to be honest with you, I, I literally, my mom, she was here, she would tell you, I had 35 pictures of Alan Iris on my wall. So I would, and these were like cutouts from magazines, from Slam Magazine right. or from, you know, Hoop Magazine, whatever it was, Sports Illustrated. I would cut the pictures out and tape them on the wall. So, I feel like out of all the people I watched, he had so much of an effect on me because he was the first person, not the first, but he was one of the first I remember where he would do a move and most of the time you see his crossovers, he was making a shot at him. Yeah. He wasn't just doing the move and yeah. not making the shot, right? Because <laughs> we come up in the, especially you are in the league, but we come up in the end one here where yeah. guys had handles. We're like, yeah, can that translate from this to that, right? Can you really pull that stuff off against the best players in the world? And Iverson brought like a, a street kind of neighborhood feel with it, you know what I mean? And that's where yeah. we kind of grew up playing. Like I didn't have a trainer, I didn't have a trainer till I got to the NBA. You know what I mean? So for us, the trainers were the old guys at the park. They're like, "No, you're not getting the ball right now. You got to cut it. You got to rebound yeah. it. If you get this open shot, you got to make it because you got to prove you're youngest out here. You are 12, 13 years old. You got to prove you can be out here play with these grown men who are beating you up and fouling you and playing like that, right? So, but Iverson was just like a whole different thing to see somebody that small that creative and his left to right crossover is killing everybody yeah and then when he pulled off against MJ it was like oh he's a cult fan. now it's like urban legend right yeah made the shot, of course mm-hmm. and so seeing that as a kid my area everybody wants to do that left to right crossover so then walking around there, it's like oh you're gonna do the irises. so I'm like okay now you gotta do something where they haven't kind of seen it so I started kind of having the same mindset but I'm gonna do it behind the back I'm like if I can do it behind the back they Can't oh. get to it. They might reach and foul me. They might, you know what I mean? It's only I know where the ball is going. They can't really see it sometimes.
0: Yeah.
2: So I start mastering that behind the back, behind the back, and kind of just try to bring my own thing.
0: See, but that that's genius. And that's why I say when I played, we I just sound old when I say that. So nah, uh, it uh, uh, sounds serious. But sounds when mysterious. I when I play, when we played, uh, you just took what the defense gave you. You you, you know much, it was a jab step game pretty much, right? If you, if Isaiah Thomas could dribble and, you know, but yeah. right. It wasn't like that. And what I've noticed now, and you were really one of the, with that behind the back, you know, the crossover, the behind the back, you guys invented a whole era where you could, you change the game. You could beat you taking what the defense gives, but you also have prepackaged moves now. Where I hit him with this one or that one. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't even know how to do that. I don't know how you guys had the imagination to to dream that up.
2: So after after your era, it became like I think Tim Hardy was right there in your era, but then it was like yeah. Alan Iverson, White Chocolate, yep. Jason Williams, right? And then like Steve Francis, Baron Davis, and myself. We were kind of like the next wave. Yeah. And it's crazy now because obviously I have kids who play. And it's funny because I I work with them, but there'll be different trainers, sometimes off-brand trainers. And some of the stuff they're showing is stuff that I like made up when I was 16 years old, like jumping, hesitating with two feet off the ground. to your I'm like, that's crazy because I never thought when I was 16 would be a training tool. Right. I think it'd be something (laughs) people be teaching. Like it was something I was just trying to be creative with. And so um, you're right. But seeing it white chocolate, seeing, you know. Stick to my loop, seeing these guys' yeah. handles and the way they dribble, it was like they had total control of the game. I mean, like you said at the time, Isaiah Thomas is one of the few that we've seen that can handle the ball like that to that level, to that degree. And now you got guys like Kyrie, you got Steph, you got CP, you have so many. Now it's a weapon. It's truly a weapon. Before, you know how it is, Rex, before, I don't care if you're the best shooter in the world, you weren't taking five threes a game. These guys are taking 15 threes in a game. Yeah. Right. And the worst shot in basketball when I came in the league was an off the dribble three pointer. It's like you can get that shot with four <laughs> seconds left. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> now if you do that shot, they're almost building teams around you because it's such a weapon, it's changed the game. So it's fun to watch the game evolve. I always wonder how you would play this era, the way you could jump and shoot it and everything. Like you would be
0: I would love better to. than you already were, which is crazy. Oh, man, I would have loved to. But we were both eighth picks, and I have to uh, – yeah. in the draft, and I have to ask this because at my size and – which is similar to your size, uh, everyone had – was envisioning me being a combo one and two. And I know that the league did that to you. At yes. some point, though – that was abandoned because I was a two. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was. A, so at what point do you feel like teams sort of gave up that idea that you were going to come in and run the team and that instead you were going to you were going to be a scorer and a bucket getter? So
2: a little bit of my story as far as uh, when I won a state championship in high school, I was a point guard. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. I got to college and I start playing combo guard. You know, myself and Kevin Gaines at the time of Michigan, we were both about 6'4", 6'5", so he handled the ball, I handled the ball, we both shoot it. So we switched off. I get drafted as high as I did after half a season by being a point guard. Jerry Krause mm-hmm. loved tall guards. They had him with, with Pip. They had him with MJ, obviously. They had him with Ron Harper. So he loved tall guards, and he envisioned me playing the triangle, being able to, you know, play off the ball as well as well as orchestrate. What happened was, I was a point guard then. I tear my ACL going into my second year. Yep. I come back, Jay Williams from Duke is drafted.
0: That's, I'm glad you brought that right? up. I'm dying to know about this.
2: Right? Okay. So then, um, at the time, Coach Cartwright wouldn't play us together. He was like, you guys are too small defensively. He was like, one's playing and one the other's not. So one's going to start, one's going to sub. And so from that point on, we split time, whether it was 30 minutes him being the starter, 18 yep. minutes me, or 26, 22, whatever it was, we split time until the last, I want to say 20 games of the season, they start playing us together. We took off, I averaged 19, he averaged 19. I averaged six assists, he averaged six assists. And we were playing together because we were playing faster. We gave us speed, right? And we were going, it wasn't like, and, and by the way, when we were playing one and one, none of us really thrived because we were looking over our shoulder at the other one. We were the same age, right? Like, <laughs> right. Damn, man, this is crazy. So we started playing together and we took off. Boom, motorcycle accident happened. Yeah. So now we're like, damn, like we just got all this momentum. We finally get a chance to play together. We were both all Americans in high school. We knew each other from high school. We finally get a chance to play each, with each other, and then that happens. So now we draft Kirk Heinrich, who's more of a pure point guard, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was I was probably the best scorer on the team. I actually, loved the team was scoring that year. That's when I became like the, the full-time two from that point on. And like you said, it wasn't really combos at that time. It was like you're a one or you're a two. You know, it's kind of
0: Pretty much yeah. straightforward, right? Think time. about that, though. Think about that. They, they How much the league has changed. Jay Will, 6'2", strong as, as yeah. shit, right? You're yeah. 6'5", and long. Y'all were too small to play in the backcourt at the same time when Toronto is starting Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet right now.
2: And won a championship. Started. And won a title.
0: That's <laughs> right? amazing.
2: Like, it's amazing how the game's evolved. And, and it's just unbelievable because I don't want to say we were ahead of our time, but in the way we were, because if you we were. played together, there's no telling how successful we'd have been together because we were both really, really good. We we're dynamic. We we're both
0: yeah. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Josh. What you got? I know you're going uh, to get in. I am. <laughs> I
1: just, I just love hearing it. Um, you guys, I like hearing YouTube savants talk yeah. about the okay. game. So please go Game's ahead. He's a legend, man. <laughs> a legend. I got two of them in front of me. No. Speaking, you know, I'm about six three six four, but I'm about five. <sighs> Seven, Link.
0: I am
2: didn't I'm 6'5 <laughs> with a seven-foot wingspan. See?
0: That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Arms. And yeah, like, like, like I – people people, ask me all the time, like, well, how big of an impact is that? And I go, well, you don't block shots with your head, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you right. don't get them, right? Right.
2: <laughs> and, and you're able to shoot those floors over seven-footers. Or for me, it really works with my ball hand because there'd be times I would lose the ball mm-hmm. and, and people would think I would lose it. My arms would reek around and snatch snatch and put them into another move. You know what I mean? So that, that it, it and then there too,
0: for sure. That, and, and you didn't think about it. I certainly didn't think about it when I was young, but you know, laying in the weeds defensively, you can hide yeah. further away still, and the man. guy, a guy and just, you know, bait them into throwing it into the passing lane where you can get to it faster and cause you're longer right for sure
2: it makes you a step faster right yeah. you don't have to be there you're able to kind of be in two places at once yeah. you know with kind of hover dribbling or being like you said laying in the weeds and knowing that you're going to get that steal. so it works
1: to your advantage i got a buddy uh that i've known for a long time i met in los angeles uh and he's from Seattle. His name's brett barrett and he has you on a pedestal like Nobody he's from Seattle, and he's been chirping in my ear for twenty five years about all the players and now people recognize the talent that comes out of there, but for it was maligned for years it wasn't really known it wasn't talked about and and Seattle you know just thought of oh rain and and coffee you know and now it is definitely thought of as as a hotbed for real talent, and you guys are so loyal to one another and loyal to that place and always prop it up. I'm from Kentucky as well uh, uh, as Rex. So we're kind of like that because people are like, you know, maybe horses and hillbillies and urban. But, you know, we, we always uh, represent Kentucky because we love it and know that other people don't. What is it about Seattle that A, puts out all this talent, and B, what keeps you guys um, such a close fraternity? Well, hey,
2: to answer the first part, it's, it rains a lot, so we're always in the gym, right? There's nothing yeah. else to do but be in the gym. <laughs> so we're always working on our games. We're always trying to get better. The crazy part where I think people start noticing on a national level was like George Carl's Friends of Hoop, and I think Rotary, uh, Rotary Style Team, because that was, those were the first teams to me that kind of put us on a national map, going to the Vegas tournaments, going to the LA tournaments, going to tournaments across the country. Now people are like, oh, Seattle got some talent up there in the Northwest. You know what I mean? So I don't think people knew. I think there was talented people before we actually came out, right? But then I think the rest of the country kind of caught on and people started going to the Michigans or the North Carolinas, right, or the Dukes or Arizonas, right, like big, big schools. And when that happened, everybody else was like, whoa, like, wow, like they got some players up there. And then to answer your second part, for me personally, Doug Christie was the person who really, like, embraced me. All right, Doug was really good. He was really good. He was ten years older, right? And he he had the pro am. I took over the pro am. I, I played it. When I was sixteen when he got towards the end of his career. He passed it to me. And when I was sixteen years old, I didn't even have Doug's number, but he would say, "I'm gonna be at the gym at seven o'clock. The gym's probably forty five minutes away. I'll be out there at six thirty waiting for him." I was like, "I don't want your number. I don't want your a dollar from you. Just show
0: me how to be a pro."
2: He, he had to whip it.
0: your ass, though, in those days, oh, right? Because he right. was a grown man. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. But just that
0: I was able to – he was the first person I
2: ever seen with, like, a phone roll stick. He was the first person, right. like, working out with a weight mess on. So I'm looking at how – I'm like, oh, the pros are doing this, okay? So he gave me a window into that world, and I just stuck to his hip. I never had his phone number. Stuck to his hip, but he saw it was serious. So he took an interest in me, like, all right, you got the talent. Now you, you got the work ethic, and you listen – Let's make it happen. So for that, it changed my life. And I always tell Doug that. So from there, I went to the Bulls. And I saw that you would have Antoine Walker over here, Tim Carter over here, um, Mike Philly over here. These guys played together, but I didn't really see a lot. I didn't personally see a lot of, you know, if they were doing foundation events, all of them would show up. And, all the, and I wanted to bring that culture here to Seattle. You know, so if, if Isaiah Thomas is doing a weekend, he knows until they to have 15 of his NBA brothers from here that show up. If DeJounte Murray's on a backpack giveaway, he's going to have 15 of his NBA guys there supporting. If I'm doing my pro, every guy's going to be on the team. If Nate Robinson's doing a softball game, we're all going to be there. And so I think that's what makes it special. And then all of us are still attached to the community. There's an eighth grader right now who can text and get you and know, ask for advice on, you know, can you break down this film for me or whatever. And he can do that with DeJounte Murray or any one of us. And I think that right there, helping the next generation give back is what makes it special.
0: Awesome, yeah, that's so awesome. How, 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 uh, how painful, speaking of Seattle, how painful is it to not have the Sonics there, uh, or a team there? Because I mean, that was, I didn't know anybody in Seattle, but I played my whole career loving to go there and just walk around and and on days off. It was, you know, I, I had never I'm from Kentucky, I didn't have you know, every, every city seemed like New York city to me, (laughs) but it was, it was right on the, you know, right on the water. Uh, You know, you go down the wharf, everything. It's just, it's beautiful, but uh, the Sonics were such a big part of it. It's gotta be painful.
2: It it was unbelievably painful. If you look at our fan base, right. You look at the Seahawks, you look at the storm, You look at the Sounders, you look at the college team to university of Washington and you see like how crazy the fan base is. Once we get a team back here, it's going to be unbelievable. I couldn't believe that we lost it because it was rumors like, "Oh, you got to lose." This team. Like, yeah, right. Like nobody's going to lose the Sonics, right? Like this is this is the Sonics. And at the time, Kevin Durant was here, yeah. and we drafted a young Russell Westbrook, right? And it's like there's no way that we're going to lose this team. With this young talent coming in now, after having Ray Allen, and Charlotte Lewis, and those guys. So uh, I don't want to see anybody else lose their team because so we personally know what that feels like. But hopefully, with expansion, and I do believe my fingers are across the next three, four, five years, they'll be a team back here in Seattle. It's just unbelievable. When Golden State came to play here at KD's last year, and Russell Wilson, Cliff Abril, Bobby Wagner, all these guys are at the game. And it's their first time going to an NBA game. They're like, this is what it's like? Like, we have to get the Sonics back here. So it was good for them to see it from that perspective
1: as well. Didn't you work at, uh, at the yeah. gym? Uh, when the Sonics were there, like in junior high and high school, so,
2: something? yeah, so crazy, crazy story. And I don't want to brag about myself, but when I was in high school, my name like took off so much that I was probably behind Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. I was probably like three, four, or five popularity, and I was in high school. Yeah. So those guys started coming to my game. They had to start moving my games to Key Arena, which is crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were coming to my games and so my sister worked at Kieran at the time and so I ended up getting a job there and I was actually the kid. I, remember I worked 27 hours my first two days 14 hours the first day thirteen the second. and I was the kid who brought the food up from the basement to the concession stand like cotton candy popcorn whatever they may run out of I was bringing it up from the basement and so normally 10 10 15 minute trip right I would make it a 45-minute trip because I would take the food and I would sit in the aisle and just watch and just dream, just visualize. And just I remember one time it was the Sonics were about to play the Timberwolves. And you know, it's it's uh <laughs> Anthony Peeler was on that team and it was early in the shoot around, and I was there early. And I remember, and Rex, you can relate to this, it was during during the Timberwolves shoot around. I'm in the I- aisle. AP. and he's kind of looking up, like, you know, you yeah. know he is, when you go to different arenas, and people that work there may scream out your name. You're like, no, but shoot right. around. Like, me not, <laughs> not knowing it now. It's like, oh, but I, I said his name because I played against him in pro and was like, oh, he didn't notice me. I got my uniform on hat. He didn't it. But anyways, like those dreams. <laughs> I, mean, I was able to go yeah. on the court and dream and look and just watch. And like one day I want to be out there. And so two, three years later, I'm in the NBA. And I remember going back to Key Arena when we played there. And my boss was like, "You played basketball this whole time. You're like a no play." He had zero idea that I was this high school kid that was just bringing up the football. I'm like, "Man, yeah, they should give me a job." And he's like, "What?" He, it was almost like the Mike Mike story, like, uh, like Bow Wow. He had yeah. no idea I played, or he, it
0: happened that fast. And he just he was good. just flabbergasted that I actually played that whole time. That I was
2: just this kid bringing up the stuff. That I was out there on the court with these pros. Right, a year or two later.
1: That's, That's a great amazing. story because it's like right? it's like a young artist uh, happened to work at a gallery, yeah. and, <laughs> and then two years later, they're presenting his art in the gallery, and they like,
2: "That's you, Josh. You knocked it out of the park." That's the perfect analogy. That's exactly what it was.
1: You got to appreciate it. You were up close to it, and yeah. two <laughs> years later, you were out there painting. It's, you know, that, sculpting. God, it's,
2: it's, it's like a, it's it's such a dream. And it's like. I am so not jaded by it. Like, it's such a dream. I can tell you everything about any player you want to know about. Like, I've studied this my whole life, and I never thought I'd get the opportunity to play in the NBA, even one day. So, like, it's such a dream. You can't be so jaded or caught up in it that, like, you forget about being that kid who used to dream about this. Like, that's why I've never turned down for a kid for an autograph. I remember at a Sonic game, there was a player, I've never said his name and I won't say it, that turned me down for an autograph, and I felt that big. And when I was nine years old, I said, if I'm ever in position, I'll never turn down a kid. Because to that player, it's just a moment. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. To that kid, it lasts a lifetime. I've never forgotten who turned me down to this day. But it it helped me looking back because it it helped me like you're never doing that to a person ever. If they want your autograph, if they want
0: to get into you, whoever you are, you take time for that person, period. Do you want to get an advantage over the sports books during the NBA and NHL playoffs? How about an inside edge this MLB season? then download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets. Their best bets algorithm scans over 350,000 bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. BetQL also has tons of other tools like sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing and line movement so you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. Plus, you can save all your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks, as well as view your rank on their leaderboards. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co backslash Rex. Enter the discount code Rex at payment checkout for 25% off of their subscription offerings. Don't miss out on the chance to beat the book this summer
1: do you see yourself being a GM maybe one day or running a team yeah I,
2: I, I could absolutely see that absolutely I love the game like I'm always being missed in the game I could absolutely see myself uh putting games together even at LA Fitness now like no you're on this team you're on that team okay we'll take him I'm doing it at LA Fitness so I know for sure I want to do it at the highest level I think I love it just as much as anybody's ever done it you know so I have a vested interest for sure
1: What's it uh, like for you right now being see, at this yes. precipice? Go ahead, Rex, because you'll ask it better. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> do it. Go no, on. you're at this strange precipice, this point where you can still go get buckets on anywhere, yeah. but the time is, the sands are going through. I mean, it's like, you can go do it. You can get it. Um, but you have a limited time. Are you still itching to go do it? Or are you like, you know what? I've done it. I'm okay with it.
2: No, I'm absolutely itching. For sure. Like, I, I love to hoop. I just love it. When, whenever I retire officially and whenever I'm done, I've said this for 15 years, I'll be playing somewhere. Somehow you'll see these clips pop up. That's just who I am. It's in me. Like, I didn't develop that. It's always been in me. And so what I will say is since this is kind of like the second year kind of being away from it, I played a game last year, this kind of second year, it's, it's a little easier to kind of, okay, kind of detach from it a little bit. You know, so now I'll watch games, but I may not watch the whole game. Now, you know, I, I was, I was the league pass guy, five TVs going. I see every single game. I see what's going on. I'll rewatch games if I miss something. Now it's not to that extent and kind of detaching away from it. And I'm getting more to the youth. Like my son is 10 years old and he plays and I'm really enjoying kind of help with his team and coaching and, and things of that nature. But that's the part that eats at me because I know I can still hoop without it. Like it's not even a question, right? And it's, it's, and I'm not even saying this because it's me. I promise you, if exactly. we got in the gym with whoever you wanted, you'd be like, oh, he's still can go,
0: right? Say oh. no more. I know. Yeah. Say no like, more. Who's,
2: who's, who's, who scores 50 their last game off the bench and then that's it? <laughs> yeah. Like, what happened?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I know. So, I want to ask, though, I, I was texting, I won't say which, with a GM earlier today just to congratulate them on yesterday. I said, yeah. I got to run, though, because um, – I got Jamal Crawford coming on today, and uh, he said, "Tell Crossover what's up and ask him how many shots he's gotten up today, or how many he's about to get up."
2: Hundreds every single day. That that part doesn't change. Like Rex I, and Josh, I play one on one by myself. Yeah, to a hundred. Yeah. No, like <laughs> so, it's really one on none, and I'm taking like I'm going game speed every single time, no stop till. Twenty-five is a quarter, so I'll stop at twenty-five to get a quick drink, and I'm going back at it. If I miss a shot, Rex Chapman or whoever that legend is gets two or three points, whatever shot I shoot. If I make it, I get those points. We're going to hundred. Like the love is, and I'm doing this outside. Like the love is 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 unbelievable. It's undying, and I train as if I'm going to play because I'm not training for that. I'm training for me. This is this is who I am.
0: You know, you yeah. sound you sound. <laughs> Just much like myself as a young kid, uh, I was thinking about your story. I also worked where I played in high school. I had to – I would play at uh, the Sports Center in Owensboro, Kentucky, and for a whole year uh, after the games, I would clean up the arena. But that was because I had 50 hours of community service to do. So, Still got it done. I I don't know. I'm just – I'm, I'm fascinated by you. I was eaten up by basketball though. And, but it kept me very sort of one dimensional. You sound equally eaten up by basketball and the dream and all of that. But you also seem so diverse in your thoughts and in your mind, and your curiosity. I had zero curiosity about anything else. Where does that come from?
2: I think it comes from life to be honest with you. Like I, I, not that I watch a lot of TV shows, but I, I pay attention to a lot of different things. And I'm, I'm interested in different things. Like my wife always say, if I wasn't a basketball player, I'd be an architect. And I'm not even the best drawer. I just like to design things. I like to be creative in my mind. And she's like, no, nah, I think you'd be a school counselor because you have a really good ear to listen to people. Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, that's a good combination. I could be some type of counselor or architectural, you know, uh, creativity in the midst of that. But I, I don't know. I think it just comes from, from, Living, to be honest with you, like I've seen the highs, I've seen the lows, I see everything in between. Like I've seen people who are like really wealthy, I've seen people who are wealthy and lost it all. I see people who have never had wealth, like, but I can relate to them all. You know what I mean? So it's just like Just, just talking to people. What, I, what I've learned about myself is I love having conversations with people who have already lived. And not, not to
1: say that they're going anywhere, just the fact that they've experienced so much already. I think that's how you like accumulate wisdom, you accumulate
2: different interests, you accumulate different, because you're not the same person at 20 as you are, you know, at 30, you're, you're always evolving. And so for me, I think, you know, as you evolve, I have a family that's, you know, redirecting my attention, my, my drive for that. And, and at a certain point, it, it becomes less about you and more about those that you care about, especially your kids, right, in their future. So for me, it's just constantly evolving and still trying to figure it out. Like, I don't
1: know at all. I'm still trying to learn, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I saw you, I, I randomly ran into on the internet uh, something about you said your 10 year old son, like JJ. Yeah,
2: JJ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how, do you, how do you deal with that? He's, he's on the internet already getting buckets. And people are like, he plays just like his dad. How do you control his <laughs> ego in this time? And also, how do you nurture it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's so different now, right? Because before he started playing for like AAU teams, I told him, I'm like, look, there's going to be people out there who are saying you're the best thing. There's going to be people out there who say you're not your dad. There's going to people out there who say you're not good at all. Said so you got to have tunnel vision, right? You can't care about rankings. The the very few people who are ranked number one in high school or number one in eighth grade end up number one as a senior year in high school. It's just the reality of it. I'm like, don't care about any of that. That's just another person's, view of you that's not to view yourself i say, and especially if you really want to do this we're just putting it piece by piece right step by step until you know we get where we're trying to go but for it enjoy it i want to have fun like we're going to work at it and luckily you know for me and him I guess is that you know I, i've done it for so long that i kind of can help guide him but i want to never lose that love for it and that passion just always have fun and embrace it and i have an older son who plays college basketball as well Right. And then I have two daughters who have totally different interests. One, one daughter is into dance and one's into soccer and karate. So it's just like it's it's, it's really cool because you have to have the same uh, algorithm with all of them, right? And be vested with all of them and, and really know that whatever they want to do is important to, to us as well. And me and my wife, I think, do a pretty good job of that.
0: You had to put down the basketball when you were a kid, though, right? For a little while, what was, you yeah. weren't always uh, you you didn't, you weren't always perfect. Oh, no, right? absolutely! What, what and, was going on then?
2: Right, and I was getting in trouble. Right, sometimes hanging with the wrong crowd. Sometimes
0: middle school, uh, middle school age,
2: middle school age, yeah, for yeah. sure. High school, especially beginning of high school, but middle school age. I mean, I was the kid. I, I, I loved... Baseball, I love, I played football as well. So I played those three. I started all of them at eight years old. But I was mischievous as a kid sometimes. Run, I was always running with older people, even mm-hmm. then. i like, I'm running with older people trying to do what they're doing. Sometimes I would come in the house, you know, I'm 10 years old. I may come in the house with my dad because my mom and dad were together. Mm-hmm. When I was with my mom and sisters, I was kind of man at the house at 10. I was coming in at 10 o'clock at night sometimes, right? And I couldn't imagine my kid right now, 10 years old coming in at 10 at night. <laughs> So, I mean, I was able to kind of grow up fast, and, and a lot of times we hear about the horror stories that, and like I said, I have some stories too. But for me, I guess I was in the,
1: the minority as far as turning around and making it work. Sometimes I, I – it's just interesting what you said. You played all those other sports, and this has come up in some other uh, pod talks. Because You know, we're from a generation where you played everything, Rex and I. You just played whatever sport was that season, and I – I mean, I just, I didn't touch a basketball again until the basketball season. Right. You know, that was, you know, sixth grade. That's what you did. And every year, I just thought you got better because I grew every year. And I'm like, oh, I'm just way better. <laughs> I'm
2: naturally going to be get better, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't learn that that did not happen as you're an adult. I just would go, hey, I'll be better next year. No, nope, right. that's worse. But how much, uh, you said that diversity, how much of that helps you in basketball? And are your kids specializing now the way? People are specializing their kids in sports. Uh, yeah, year. I think I think diversity helped me because basketball was always my first love.
2: But playing other sports like baseball, hand-eye coordination with football, bringing a certain level of toughness, right? Like, so it helped me with other sports, but it all led back to me, I think, being a better basketball player. Because even though I was doing those other things, I still miss basketball. I was like, yeah, I'm learning these other sports. Wait till I get back to basketball with this hand-eye coordination. You know, wait till I get back to basketball, like, not, not scared to go to the hole, right? So, like... They all led back to basketball, even though I was doing those other things and, and, you know, playing different sports. But for me, the kids, like my son plays flag football as well. He wants to play tackle. And we're like, you get hit twice and you're over with the first thing. you're like, oh, okay, it hurts. The second you're like, I'm retiring. This is not happening. So, um, they do other things. My, my youngest daughter, she does karate. She does hip hop. She does soccer. She really loves karate and soccer. So I spent a lot of time out there kicking with her, um, my middle, my middle child, which is my, my uh, second oldest daughter, she, or my oldest daughter, she likes to, she's really good at dancing at ballet, like really, really good at ballet. Like she's eight years old a 12-year-old class in ballet. Like she's really good. Wow. And so, yeah, so they all have different interests and we support them like to the moon with all of it. And it gives them confidence, right? It's not like, okay, I have a basketball dad, and my mom, and we're just, that's it, right? Like, yeah. no, everything's important to it.
1: If I had a great, great... Daughter or son that was super basketball, I would make them go throw baseball with me at least every once in a while because like if you're going to be really good, you're going to throw out a pitch one day, and you're not going to humiliate your family like a lot of these great athletes do. You were going to at least throw it overhand and get it towards catch you,
2: i'm with you i'm with you josh i'm with you on that one that's all right. that's good advice that's i didn't think about it that way but we we're kind of all the same lines so all right all
0: right hey jamal um wh- who was the who was the first guy in the league that just taught you a lesson busted your ass and then who was also the guy who as a young player, rookie maybe, that you played against or teams, and went, "All right, I belong." Ooh, good question.
2: Uh, the first part, I think, is my first preseason game, first or second preseason game, and we were in the Garden, and we were playing against the Knicks at the time. Spreewell was there, and I think they just went to the finals the year before in the lockout short season '99, right? Mm-hmm. So, '98-'99, yep, nice yep. And at the time, at the Garden when the Knicks came out and the, the vision team came out, it was just a long hallway, but you could see each other. And so I remember it was a Jay-Z, Jay-Z quote, Sprewell from there said, it was the first game. She was like, okay, I'm reloaded." And I'm like, I was just a college. And she saying this. I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. <laughs> so we go on the court in the garden. And I'm I'm already thinking about that when I'm guarding, this is Spree, like Spre <laughs> you know, it's just been the final. And I looked one way and he rejected the screen. And, you it was jab rejected, and he was dunking it. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was a whole different speed. And I had seen the move so much, right? But it's just different when you're out there. It's like you're in quicksand. So he was the first person in any scored some other buckets posted me up. I thought I played a good big. He was the first person that bust my ass. I wasn't out there long, but the I was out there, yeah. and he went right at me. So he was the first one. And the first time I had success that I can remember was uh, that it stood out to me. I'll say this: It wasn't the first time I had success. It was the first time I felt like I had arrived. Yeah, we were playing against. Is my third year. we were playing against uh, Allen Iverson, and at the time, it was my career high. I had 33 points and eight assists, and I thought I played solid D on him, and he had 42. And uh, that was the first time I was like, "Okay, Allen Iverson, you know, one of my heroes. He know he at least knows my name after this
1: game. Yeah, like,
2: he knows my name, and That's that was amazing. the first moment I was like, "Okay, I, 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 he knows my name. I I, I feel confident out here."
1: Awesome. You remember a time that you were out there and maybe you were a vet, five-year vet or something, some rookie came in and said something, you know, and you were like – I'm sure it happened a lot, but you were like, ball, ball, ball. <laughs> and then you just busted his ass. Do you remember one that sticks out?
2: I remember one. I won't say his name, but I definitely remember one. And yeah. I was at a point – I was, like you said, I was five-plus years in, so I was at a point then where if I called for the ball, I could get the ball. And then it became like he was like, okay, okay, I didn't mean it. I didn't like, I wasn't (laughs) wasn't saying like, I'm like, now it's too late. Because one thing about me, John, I don't talk shit at all. I won't say a word. Like, I won't say anything. And I think that's kind of hard to read as a defender because I'm like I'm getting so emotional about something or like I didn't say anything. And so then I start talking. And then when I start talking, I don't shut up. So I was like, okay, he he learned his lesson. But honestly, I haven't had too many people like talk shit.
1: I would, most people. I'll say
2: what I have had though. I have had people once I get going and start skipping and shit and like, hey, like before they come to the game, like hey, if they sub in late, they're like, hey, don't don't be on that tonight. And I got people watching do that. Tonight. I have had that
0: though. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> I know what? I've never,
2: and I've never I've never said that on an interview, but I have had that.
0: That's you know great. what I find fascinating too. It is great. Uh, what I find fascinating too, and you're one of the guys that I always like asking this because I was I was around to see. Uh, well, I know how people did MJ, and I know how I played against MJ when I was like right away. First at first, you guys, you Allen Iverson, KG. You know some of these guys that are big time guys and who play for so long. The yeah. kids the kids come in the league, they've had posters of you on their wall. And I've seen guys play against you and completely lay down and just won't compete. You, and I'm like, when – I don't want names, but when was the first time you, you kind of noticed that they're deferring to me because of, who I, of my reputation?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, to be honest with you, I remember in New York, I remember in New York because like you know how it is, Rach, you go on yep. the garden, it's like you're on stage performing. You don't want to, you want to mess up, you don't want right. to be in fairs. So you're already kind of, if you're not a, a guy who's gonna get 15, 20 shots where you can get in rhythm, you're already kind of on edge, right? Yeah. You may see one of your favorite actors over there or favorite musicians or whatever. And so the guards where I first started noticing it, where well, I was like, oh man, I can see it in their eyes. Like, oh, so at that point, it doesn't even become let me stop this guy. It's like, no, yeah. forget stopping. I just want to be in yeah, and then it really took off with social media, yeah. because then things start living forever, right? And it's instantly you're you're famous for the wrong reasons. Like it's like you're instantly a meme. Yeah, and so that's when I that's when it really got crazy. And I would say around the Clipper time, because that's when like people were like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be on Instagram or <laughs> <Right? Like>, Twitter, <laughs> living there forever. So that's when people. That's when I said the second part where people yeah. were like, no, nah, don't be on that tonight. Like I got people watching. And I was like, you know, sometimes I would say nothing. Sometimes I throw them off. Sometimes I'm like, okay, or you know, something quick. But yeah, that's where it really was. Like, I saw the fear more, to be honest. Awesome. Just, yeah, that was that, that was the place.
1: That move that I had to watch five times in slow motion, where you go behind sure. your back, you go behind your back, but it comes back on the same. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. you looks like you're going behind your back, and then somehow you like look. I call. I told Rex, it's like a lacrosse move, you know, where they cradle like, and you go back <laughs> yeah. over. And then I called it lacrosse over. Lacrosse <laughs> there, there we go. go.
2: Josh, Josh, we may have to patent that. I ain't never heard that one.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. I like that. Crawford lacrosse over. That was so, filthy.
2: That is. I, I always wanted to make All-Star Game, right? So. I always did. I always figured I would make at least... And I, I thought I had like three seasons where I, I should have made it, to be honest with you. But... I was two of them, I was coming off the bench at the time. But anyways, I literally, this is no lie, I literally have 10 moves I've never pulled out because I was saving it for that stage, right? Because wow. we all we all remember, we all remember when Tracy McGee threw off the backboard dunk in yeah. All-Star Game, right? We always remember those certain like signature plays. We all remember the Kobe dunk with Garnett doing the live or, or the wraparound mm-hmm. move he did. But I, I literally had 10 plays, I still have them, but where I was going to do it for the Star? circuit. Now I'm going to have to pass it to my son. You're like the Prince references to the vault, right? You may never see it. But, <laughs> the b sides, Exactly. I, 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 I literally have 10 plays that I've never shown anybody. Oh and they're just God. in my head I can do them on command, which is oh crazy. It's the craziest, craziest shit ever. Yeah,
0: for real. We, need to, we just need to set up the pay-per-view for that, Josh. Yeah. 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 Tonight, ah. Jamal's never seen. It's like the Al Capone vault. They better <laughs> be Maybe in my- there.
2: My, my my ten best moves I have, I have never shown anybody.
0: Oh my God. That's yeah, amazing. On, man. Hey, I gotta I, I know we gotta get that get that worked out, please. Um all right, let's talk about the playoffs. What do you like? Do what you like so far? I mean, who who's who impressed you so far?
2: Wow, there's been some there's been some really good performances. Like I I, I think starting in the East, I think Philly's gonna win the series, but I thought if Washington I said this all along throughout the season if they had one more perimeter score i thought you know just another weapon for these times
0: it feels you know there would only uh, been one available
2: right (laughs) it's unbelievable right but i I thought i thought they were missing one perimeter score in that series uh the the bucks heat is going to be interesting because i think that's going to be a long series right and once you go seven games anything can happen Uh, Last year, obviously the Heat putting them out, they kind of have their number. But Holiday gives them a certain swagger, certain confidence. Uh, The New York Atlanta series looks like it's going to be a long one as well, you know, because that game could go either way. Uh, I I think I like when Derrick Rose has. Well, I know Randall's a guy, but I think I think Derrick Rose when he's playing, he gives him a certain pace. Are you
0: you as surprised as I am that Derrick is doing what he's doing once that explosive athleticism? diminished. I can't believe that he, I mean, he's he's great right now.
2: He's unbelievable, and you know what, I'm not, Rex, only because after all that, he came with us in Minnesota, so I saw him every day in practice, and I saw him building it up, and he doesn't jump as high vertically, but right. his quick twitch and his quickness is still there, still right? There. Obviously not when he was 10 years ago, but I think he's a He's a more well-rounded player because now I believe he's playing with his mind first. Yeah. Right. It's not like the athleticism he's athleticism he's playing with. He's playing with the mind first and he's putting himself in those positions. But you know, I, I feel like he gives him a pace and a flow. So if he has the ball, I think everybody kind of touches it. He kind of is picking apart. He's an MVP, right? He's a closer. He knows how to close games. Right. So I I, I think that series goes seventh. And then uh who else have we got in the East?
0: Brooklyn. We have
2: Brooklyn. Yeah, I think Brooklyn wins. I think they I think they'll they'll win out. No problem. Right. And then, uh, in the West, the Clippers, it, it, the part that's kind of, for me, interesting is, is like, obviously, they had a year to kind of prep for this moment, right, the way they went out. Yep. And it's like, okay, you're not showing that urgency. That's kind of concerning. But maybe if Kawhi switches on Luka in the second game, we'll kind of see how that looks after that. Uh, but I, I think they still ultimately win. It's just I thought it would be a little bit easier. And then the Lakers – Phoenix is probably the most interesting one depending on CP's health Mm -hmm. because I think this is one of the first times where LeBron has played a chess player like himself Chris is the same thought process the same the way he moves the pieces the way he does everything and I think Booker's a closer and Book used to ask me what the playoffs was like and he's built for the
0: playoffs when I saw yesterday I was like he might get 40 today
2: he's wanted this forever he's wanted this forever so they didn't surprise me how he came out. And what surprised me most was the Lakers were already double-teaming him early. I'm like, well, you guys built a team with really? all these defenders, right? KCP and Wesley Matthews and all these guys, but you're still double-teaming him, which is effectively going to get somebody an open shot. But, I, I mean, it would be tough to put the Lakers out, but I think that goes seven as well. Wow. But Chris's health is going to be a big question yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have, uh, I think Portland beats Denver. I do too. I believe they'd be different. I think they just had more closers. I think no Jamal Murray, even though Michael Porter is the same thing, obviously, it's different when you've done it before. And Murray had done it last year in the bubble. And he came, you know, I, he started out a little slow in the season, but I, I feel like his swagger would, would have rose mm-hmm. to the top. And him and Jokic have such a good chemistry. Yeah. You know, Porter right now is getting, you know, kind of like top billing as a perimeter player for them. And because of that, he's going to get uh, top billing attention as well. Right. So that's going to be a little bit tougher for them to get through. And then we have, uh, I think Utah ultimately can, can get back if Donovan Mitchell comes. Right. You know, I don't know the situation. Obviously, we see a lot of, you know, he wanted to play, he couldn't play, so I don't know what's going on there. If he doesn't come, I think Memphis wins, but because Memphis is playing like they have absolutely nothing
1: to lose. They're playing confident. They're playing free, right? But if they, if uh, Mitchell comes
2: back, they were number one for a reason. So, you know, that's something there, and then, who was the last team? Last
0: two teams you got. Oh, uh, We got them. I think you hit them all. Oh uh, well, Lakers clip. No, that's it. You you hit all of them. I, I want to know how dirty, how dirty, filthy is Luca.
2: Luca plays like he has headphones on. And what I mean by that is, it doesn't matter the pressure you give him. It doesn't matter. He's at peace. Oh, you do this. I do that. It's all good. You do that. I do this. It's all good. And the guy is playing like he has. Right, am I lying? I know, like you're exactly handle. right. He's so at peace. He's and you can tell the game's in slow motion for him. Right? He's, he doesn't care. I like man.
0: also, I like that he's French <laughs> <Let me laughs> you I, I had to, to you. I had to go to
2: smooth, easy, spider voice, right? Like that's right. I'm gonna tell you. I'm bonjour, go bonjour, it's easy. it's easy crazy. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you a crazy story about Luke. No joke. We were in the bubble last year. And I've never said this. We are in the bubble last year. At the time, us, Memphis, Dallas, Indiana, Philly, Orlando, all stand in the same kind of bubble, right, within the bubble. I see Luke at the, at the meal room. This is no, I'm, I'm standing behind him, probably 20, 25 feet. He's limping, like really limping as he's walking. I said, there's no way he's playing tonight. That was the night he hit the game when he shot out the players. When he had 42 points. He was limping. Like I said, there's no way he's playing tonight. So that tells me he's a gamer. He's tough. He can shoot it. Like he, in his size, he's a little bit quicker than you think he is when you try to press him. He's a little bit stronger than you think he is when you try to get into his body. So, Lucas is just, he's, he's, a, he's amazing. The fact he's so young, he's a, he's a savant already.
0: Because when I see him, when I, like yesterday, watching him play against this weekend, watching him play against Kawhi, when they would get matched up, he, you know, look, you know Kawhi. If you those hands that oh, yeah. size, yeah. And but he moves Kawhi. He even moves Kawhi around. He'll back him down. What? Right. That, that dude's different.
2: And I, I think there's a reason the Clippers haven't put Kawhi on him. It's not that Kawhi is just gonna stop him, right? I think it's gonna take a lot out of him on yes. the offensive end. Right. So we're like, hey, let's see if we can negate him, if we can negate Luca, control him at least, and then kind of save Kawhi. Now we got to put him on him. We got to, you know, all hands on deck you got to go get
1: this win. Yeah. uh, Let me ask uh, some things because I got you, and I've never had you like this again. Uh, Was there uh, a time probably in a pro-am or or open run or maybe in an NBA game, maybe in college, I don't know, but where you did a move and that you remember the crowd just being like, "Ah, the game shut down, what was that? And is it the same move as – was there a time that you did a move and you were like, well, that was dirty. <laughs> that's,
2: that's true. So the first question, I mean, the answer to the first question, I was in high school, and this is on tape, by the way. I haven't released anything. Actually, a friend of mine has had to get it from a So I catch the ball, catch the ball full court. The hoop is the other way. I turn my back to the hoop. So I'm walking up court, but I'm walking up court backwards to put it in perspective, in this defense There, I'm walking up court backwards. I'm skipping through the legs, walking backwards. The hoop is behind me now, and I'm walking backwards. <laughs> oh, no, Rex, it gets better. Hold on. I'm walking backwards. So the hoop's where the jersey is. I'm walking backwards through my legs like this. I finally know my bearings. I get to about the hash mark. I take one. Now, now I turn and face the hoop with the defender there. The defender was scared of pressure the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I turn and face the hoop. I touch the ground. I throw the ball over my neck. I shoot the ball and turn around before the ball goes in. And I'm like, did it go in? Did it go in? And the crowd, <laughs> it went in. The crowd lost it. I was in high school. We won state say championship. Game. The crowd lost
1: it. Do you have um, that tape somewhere? It. You have that on tape? I, I, please. On tape. Oh, tape. God. Yeah. Please. please. I got to see it. And amazing. one day,
2: one day, I promise you I'll release. I right. I'll release. Please.
1: Please do it. Right,
2: yes. Yeah, oh, okay, and the crowd boy. lost. And the attention I bet. Play. I remember I was with the Bulls. It was the summertime. We were playing in Northwestern with some of their players. And I made a guy fall twice on the same play. So I, I did a move, made him fall, brought the ball back, let him get up, didn't move, and he fell again. And I hit the <laughs> shot. Their players were <laughs> <him>. I lost <laughs> it. Yeah. That's
1: those two fantastic. players out. Yeah, I love that's it. great. I love those you two have a, all – a filthy five. You're on the team. You got four more. Just fil- just the filthiest players you ever played with or against or watched. You have a four more. Filthy five. Just filthy? Yes. Dirty, filthy.
0: On. No. You're on the team. You're on the team.
1: Sorry. I never put myself on those lists, but I'm going to get you Steph I'm putting Kirk you on it. I'm putting you on it. Steph Curry. Curry is yeah. filthy. Yes, Kyrie Steph.
2: is filthy. Yes. Katie is filthy. <laughs> And Kobe and Michael Jordan are filthy. There you go. They're filthy. You know. Take me off it. That's why I got those five. If you want, Matt Al, Al, Al- Al-
0: Allen Iverson is filthy.
2: Alan Iverson is We should have just filthy. did the guards. Just five small yeah. guards. I would have yeah. But yeah, Allen Iverson is filthy too. Like, there's that's what I love. Like, when you look at history of the game, there's so many filthy guys. Like, yeah. just, T-Mac was filthy. Yes. Baron Davis was filthy. Right? Steve Francis was filthy. Like, there's so many filthy guys that you just tip your head. Rex was filthy. Like, he just, Tip your hats to these guys, mm-hmm. like you was, and, and you thank them for the inspiration. Whether they were a peer or whether they came before you, thank them for the inspiration. Like man, you made me better. Whether you know it or not, right? I stole something from
1: you. It may not even come out right now, but I stole something from you, which is that like is art. That's and let it. me tell you, you are right. on the Mount Rushmore, of filthy. Yes, I don't, I, you're not going <laughs> to say it. I'm telling you, you are on the Mount Rushmore of filthy. I second. So. <laughs> I, I really
2: I appreciate that so much you guys because I'm telling you, I'm really just a kid who lived a dream hoping, Like that's it. It was I used to, I'd be in the backyard. If I make this shot, I'm going to Michigan. And it would somehow make it. I'm in seventh grade. They don't know who I am. If I make this shot, I'm going to NBA. Like I was that kid. So like to do this in real time, like I just, I thank God every single day for it. I really, awesome. really, really do.
0: Awesome, Josh. You got two more quick ones for Maul? Well,
1: yeah, I got the. Uh, do you uh, um, have a favorite movie? Coming to America. The original. Oh, yeah, of course. America. Did you see the second one?
2: I did. I did. I, I got. To, I watched it with my kids, and they were laughing at everything. I got to go back and watch it alone.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna come into <laughs> America yeah. like fuck. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. Me too. And that's that one of the two
2: people. <laughs> one of the two people I've never met that I want to be Eddie Murphy. He's one of the mm. two.
1: Yeah, he's he's I would say he's one of the the artists that's probably inspired me the most. Yes, yeah. I mean, I just can quote every movie, everything he said, just, my, my inflection the way I speak today is because of those that raw and, and delirious, you know, nice. uh, you know, most of my good friends can can do all this. OK, so come to America. I love it. Um, and then front row center for any concert speaker any uh, dead or alive, your front row center group. It's a
2: tie between Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson.
1: Just, that I would just like to see
2: them, because to me, like, for the art form, as we're speaking of art, for the art form and what they do, their art, they were the highest level of that. Like, they were the ceiling of that art form. And so, for me, I believe they're both artists, too. Like, I really believe, like, Michael Jordan, you can't tell me he wasn't an artist. I, I'll sit. My wife would tell you. She she's in there. I will sit. I was watching I just watched The Last dance Game, and I'll sit and watch Michael Jordan highlights from, like, 84 or 80. I, last night, I was watching when he played against the NBA All-Star team or NBA All-Stars when he was with the USA team in 84. He wasn't even yeah. playing in NBA game. He'll do stuff, and I'll laugh, like – this looks futuristic. Like no. this is 30 years ago. It looks like the future of what the sport will look like. Like he's just, he's such an artist and Michael Jackson, such being such a perfectionist and such a, just he's past, I he's past everything. But if you watch when he's dancing, every time he does like a foot move, it matches with the beat. He like, never misses. Literalism. He never misses The missed. smallest, the smallest details, right? It's, it's unbelievable. And I'll tell you guys something. And I'll, I don't know if I've ever said it. And this is a conversation I had with Cole when he was alive, is that Michael Jackson was one of his first mentors. And he used to talk about that. And he told, he told me about it. He was like, you know, Michael was like, it's okay for people to look at you weird. Just go, chase what you're chasing. You know, you're going to be looked at. Most geniuses are a little weird, quote unquote, right? So he was like, just go chase it. Go, go for it. And I remember Kobe telling me stories of Michael calling the house. Like crazy stuff. That's
0: great. That's so yeah, but nice. those two people. Man, okay. Mal. Thanks, buddy. Uh, come back. Come back again, please. We got we got to
2: do a part two. Come on. Are you serious?
0: Oh, no question. And yeah. in. All right, Josh, Jamal. On, Crawford.
2: I got to follow you, Josh, on Twitter. I got to follow you. You got you got some good stuff
1: going. Oh, thanks, buddy. man. I, I really appreciate you, Mr. Josh Hopkins, M.R. Josh Hopkins. Um, I got you. I uh, thank you for this. You are you are an artist. No. at the highest form <laughs> and to hear you talk about it yeah. as art makes me so happy because I definitely consider you a genius on the court, an artist. So thank I'm so, so glad to hear your passion and it makes me really happy. So thank you for, for this whole conversation. Thanks, Rex. For thank I, I
0: appreciate thank, it. Thank you, Maul. Come back again on the Rex Chapman Show with super, super cool Josh Hopkins powered yes, by basketball well, Josh, that was your guy, Aaron Jamal Crawford. You guys are great friends now.
1: Great friends, great friends. Zipity do dah zip What you're hey, you're right, man. What a great guy. Well, so humble. So humble. If I could do that with a basketball, if I could humiliate people like that, that's why God didn't give it to me. Cause I would be such a dick. I would just be, no, you are Like not. me. I, <laughs> I, I want to jump high on you there, but no, no, you're actually not like that. But I would just be a total, what? Huh? Gonna, no, I don't want to do a picture. I'm cool. No, I would be a dick. And he, that's why God didn't give that to me. Yeah, and yeah. he, wow, what a humble, cool,
0: great artist. Can't, can't wait to see what he does next, really. I mean, I, I, I know he can still play. I know he wants to move on and do something else in basketball. I, he'll be a success. You know it. I mean, what a thoughtful, yeah. curious, you know, dude. And and what lucky kids to be raised by that guy. Got to be a Real. great dad. Real. Um, Real. You know what we have, Josh? That was awesome, um, really. Um, you know what we have next week?
1: Yeah, we got a little twist, don't
0: we? we got a little twist coming up. We've got... Scott O'Neill, CEO of the Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. he's
1: got and a book uh, coming out.
0: he does have a book coming out. We may have to pull book duty again, like we always do every week.
1: Yeah, yeah, but not more reading
0: and more reading for us. Um, so next week, I know he's an
1: Im- impressive. Oh, I've already done some reading about yeah. it and, stuff. and smart, smart, really smart. Uh, we're going to I'm going to learn something.
0: Actually, yeah, for sure. I'm going to try. I'm not going to promise I will, but I'm going to try. I'm <laughs> trying to get your better. Best I'm trying to do better. I just don't know how. <laughs> so, uh, guys, join us next week. We'll have Scott O'Neill, CEO of the Philadelphia 76ers. And we're powered by BasketballNews.com here on the Rex Chapman Show with super cool Josh Hopkins. Subscribe, rate, and review.